Welcome to Sculpture Vulture. I'm Lucy Branch, a sculptural conservator and author, bringing you a series of interviews with some amazing sculptors who inspire me and I hope will do the same for you. You can see the photographs accompanying the interview, the episode show notes and get a free novel from sculpturevulture.co.uk. Hello and thank you for joining me today. I am Lucy Branch, your show host, and this is the first ever Sculpture Vulture episode. I'm going to be bringing you a lineup of interviews with some megastars of the sculptural world who specifically create large scale statues, predominantly in bronze, that you can find in public spaces. The fantastic thing about the sculpture they create is that all these artists have work in outdoor spaces, so that nearly in every case it's free for you to go and visit and there's no bar to entry whatsoever, which means you can have a fantastic day out. This first episode is going to be unlike any other because it's a solo show. I just wanted to start things off, give you the chance to find out a little bit about me and who's going to be coming up in the series. So I am a sculptural conservator and author and the area I'm most well known for working in is large scale public statuary and architectural features. I run a conservation company in London with my team and we are fortunate enough to get to work on some of the most magnificent public sculptures in the UK. I'm positive I will have worked on something that you know. Nelson's Column, Cleopatra's Needle, St Paul's Cathedral, Eros, Albert Memorial. I could go on, but I won't. If you'd like to know more about what I've worked on, there's a broad list that you can find in the show notes. But Practical work is not all I do. I mix it up a bit with writing. I write non-fiction, have done for people like Oxford University Press, but I also let my wonderful work fill up my imagination and write fiction all inspired by sculpture. You could say that sculpture is one of the main characters in my thriller-style mysteries. I've got three novels to date published and doing well. A fourth one due out later this year, I hope, virus permitting. So with m so much going on, you may ask, why have I created this podcast? Well, there is no brief answer. I just needed to create it. Over and over again, it was an idea that kept coming back to me. It was on the fringe of my mind, even through the craziest work schedules and with a gaggle of kids at home. The rich source of inspiration that I get from sculpture was something I wanted to share with people. And if you don't think of yourself as a creative type, it really doesn't matter because I find that sculpture to be one of life's natural mood boosters, like leaping around madly to music. And I'm sure, particularly in a year that has been as difficult for everyone as this one has, it will add value to your day. I get to talk to artists a lot during the course of my job and they're just such a fascinating group. Our conversations always add a whole level of depth to what you first see in their work and there's something about listening to the artist's voice. You can read all about their work on their websites, things that they've written themselves, but when they speak they aren't filtering in the way that they are when they write. and. They aren't worrying about good grammar and how to put something succinctly. There's no constraints and you get to see their real personalities, their essence coming through loud and clear. And that's what I want to give you. 
Lastly, I think I've had to make peace with a lifelong dream, uh, which is what this podcast is helping me to do. I am never going to own a sculpture park and I always wanted to. I'm never going to have a Downton Abbey or a Pemberley to put tons of sculpture in. in. In fact, my 50 foot of garden in London is probably all I'll ever get. But it's a hard pill to swallow. And I always dreamed of having somewhere that I could marvel at sculptors' works. And so this podcast is a little nod to that daydream. It's the creation of a sculpture park of my dreams. And I'm inviting you all to come and wander around it with me. So the main content of the podcast will be the interviews with my favourite sculptors. And at the end of each interview, giving you a few of my own thoughts about what was said. To get most from the interviews, you will, of course, need to look at their work. And so all the artists have kindly supplied me with some images for you to look at, which you can find at sculpturevulture.co.uk. And there'll be a link to each artist's page in the show notes. You'll also be able to read a transcription of the interview if you'd prefer. You can read it and listen to it and look at the images all in one. The podcast episodes will be released on a three-weekly cycle and I'd love it if you could subscribe and so that it just pops up in your feed whenever there's a new one and you can comment and tweet and retweet, review, hopefully, hopefully positively and really help more people to discover some great sculptors and their statues and fall in love with their work. On a personal level, I'd really like to find my tribe more sculpture vultures out there, those of us who feed off this particular genre of art and can enthuse about it. So if you think you're a sculpture vulture, please tweet me at lucybranch11. I know it's not a very inspiring handle, but it's the one I got and I'm staying with for the moment. We'll be launching with an initial 12 episodes and I've just got such a talented lineup for you. You'll have to forgive me for only choosing one of their works to mention as I just summarise who's coming up this season. It's just an impossible task to talk about everything they do and so many of their creations are so great. It's, It's incredibly difficult to choose one anyway. But we're going to be kicking off with Hazel Reeves. She's an ardent force for the representation of more women in sculpture. And don't we just need that? And creator of the much-loved Emmeline Pankhurst statue in Manchester, among many others. Next, after her, will be Rodney Munday, whose work speaks to the soul and is just touching in such a subtle way. His creation of Andrew the Fisherman at the Minster Church in Plymouth is well worth a look. The charismatic Mike Speller will be coming in in the third episode, creator of Momentum 3 outside the Millbank Tower in London. And his distinctive forms play with the ideas of balance and rhythm in our lives, something that I need to learn a lot more about because balance doesn't feature much in my life. I tend to be a bit of an all or nothing person. Then it will be Hamish Mackey, maker of the Goodman's Fields horses in London, capturing just the mightiness, thrust and personality of wildlife in bronze. And there just, there isn't a work of his that I wouldn't want to own. Amy Goodman will be next, who's probably best known for her equestrian sculptures, such as the Romsey Warhorse, but who actually has such an astonishing artistic range, both in style and handling of materials and subject matter that she just, she just makes me shake my head in awe. 
Hugh Chapman will be the next up for interview and I would count him as a friend as well as an interviewee. His dynamic sculptural forms are all about a fusion of light, surface and form and you can just disappear into them. Growth Form at Canary Wharf is a very popular sculpture with busy office workers surrounding it during their time off and I think it takes them somewhere calm and peaceful and away from all the stress of busy life. Paul Day will be following Hugh. He has reinvigorated the genre of sculpture in relief and has such an iconic style. Creator of the Battle of Britain War Memorial and the Meeting Place sculpture at St Pancras Station. I blame him completely for making me late to several meetings in my life because whenever I think I'm ahead of the game and I've got a few minutes to spare, if I can find myself near one of his sculptures, you can guarantee that I'm going to be forgetting the time and late for the next client, which is very frustrating. Up next after Paul is Martin Jennings, portrait sculptor, who many of you will know if you've ever visited St Pancras Station, where the bronze of John Betjeman greets so many visitors every year. If I could ever create a single thing half as special as even one of his sculptures, I think I'd feel pretty proud of myself at the end of my life. He manages to fuse the gravitas that a commemorative sculpture needs to have without leaving out the tiny quirks that tell us so much about a person. Incredibly talented, so I'm really sorry if I gush a lot during this interview. Louisa Forbes blends themes of religion and mythology into her figurative work and also because of the topic um, the patination of her bronze is just so clever. I think those are the reasons why I was immediately drawn to her work. My books are, carry many of those themes too and she, she just seemed to speak to me when I first saw her work. She has public works in many places including Churchill College in Cambridge. Simon Gudgeon just blows my mind. He manages to fuse figurative with abstract, landscape with fantasy and otherworldliness. His search for enlightenment heads are very clever. He's the kind of sculptor that just surprises you with every work that he does. I first found Jason Declare Taylor's underwater and water-based sculptures in Vauxhall, at the Rising Tide Horses and his desire to raise awareness of the broad health of the environment and highlight specific concerns through his fusion of sculpture with water is just it's mesmerising. Although he does cast occasionally in bronze, it's mainly a pH neutral concrete um, as his preferred material because it's, it's low environmental impact on the sea. Um, I know the rest of the series is mostly about bronze sculptures, but Jason, he's just worth making the exception for. And we're finishing up the season with Philip Jackson, last but certainly not least. Without ever meeting him, I've worked on more of his monuments than any other sculptor. The Bomber Command Memorial in Green Park, one of my absolute favourites. I got to work on it a few years ago after there was some vandalism. And he manages to portray the friendship between the group uh, the closeness, the the heroism, the strain that they must have been under in such a way. The team and I were actually quite affected, I think, by the personality of the sculptures. We were quite quiet when we were working around them and 
that's not generally our way. We're quite a lively team, but there is something really magnificent about them. And I couldn't really think of anyone better to bring the show to a close for at the end of its first season. So all these fabulous sculptures, the heavyweights of the public sculpture world, and you'll have to forgive me if sometimes I'm a little bit starstruck and I add all my words during the, the interviews. I can't help myself, but do take a look at the links in the show notes, which will take you through to the Sculpture Vulture website, show you all of their work. I hope you'll subscribe. I hope you'll join me for the first episode on the 31st of July with Hazel Reeves. She's such good fun. She's just someone you'd want to hang out with anyway. So come along. I look forward to having you there with me. If you're looking for a new book, please consider one of my novels about the dark side of the art world, where sculpture is always at the heart of the story. You can get them on the show website, on the usual online retailers, or even better, keep your local library alive, ask for them in there. Thank you for joining me today. Sculpture Vulture has been brought to you by Antique Bronze.